Let's stay standing for a moment and let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. And I want to read us together in the Amplified Version. We're talking on faithful and true. This, as far as I know, will be our final installment of our three-part uh, series on faithful and true. Ready, read. God is faithful, reliable, trustworthy, and therefore ever true to His promise. And He can be depended on. By Him you were called into companionship and participation with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now let's keep that right there. So we have been called into that same area that God is in. We're made in His image and in His likeness. And so we are to be companions with Him in that we also are to be faithful. Amen? Father, thank you for your word today. May it lodge deep in our hearts and may we be encouraged in you today to serve you in even a greater way. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Proverbs chapter uh, 28 and verse 20 in the New International Version says, A faithful person will be richly blessed. Now notice with me that a faithful person shall not just be blessed, but shall be richly blessed. That word richly there means abundantly, amply, and magnificently. So we understand this, that in order for us to abound in the blessings of God, there is the prerequisite or there is the condition of us being faithful. Say it with me, I am faithful. You see, the fruit of faithfulness is already on the inside of you when you got born again. All really that needs to happen is it needs to be developed. It needs to be cultivated. It needs to be watered. Amen? And then when we veer off and we need to make some adjustments in an area of our lives where perhaps we haven't been that faithful in, we just get before the Lord and we say, Lord, help us, help me, and by your grace, I'm going to be more faithful. I'm going to be a faithful mom, a faithful dad, a faithful grandparent. I'm going to be a faithful employer. I'm going to be a faithful church member because your grace is sufficient and you are helping me. Amen? So what does it then mean to be faithful? To be faithful simply means to be steady, means to be trustworthy, it means to be reliable. And we've already found out that God is absolutely, without a doubt, completely faithful. He is completely trustworthy. We can rely on Him, can we not? Oh, and when we look to Him, He is our example of faithfulness. And we see the attributes of faithfulness in his life. We learn more about it and then we can strive to become more faithful. Amen. I believe that we can grow in love. I know that we can grow in faith. The Bible talks about exceeding growing faith. We can grow in love. The the scripture talks about abounding in love, which simply means to increase in love. We also can grow in faithfulness. And I believe that the more serious we are about seeking first the kingdom of God and being Christ-like in this earth, I believe the more faithful that you and I can become. Now, we looked several uh, places last time we were together, and we asked ourselves this question, what is it about our Father that makes Him faithful? Well, we looked and we found out one thing that makes Him faithful is He is always there. He's always there. 
He told us in his word, he said, I will not, I will not, I will not ever leave you. I will never forsake you. Now that's awesome news. Because we need him to be there. Not only in our midnight hour, but in our everyday life. He's there. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is there for you. He is there for me. Now, I know that there's times where you can't always sense his presence. But we don't live by our feelings. We walk and live by faith. We know he's there because he said he was there. Amen? Amen. Now, I don't think it's wise then for us to ignore him in our lives. Now, of course, we understand that he's not only for us and with us, but he's in us. But we need to then make sure that we're paying attention to him who lives on the inside of us. And uh, calling upon him in your time of trouble. Call upon the Lord in your day of adversity. And you will see that he is right there for you. He said, I will be with him. I will be with her in trouble. Has anybody ever faced any trouble? Well, thank God we've got the greater one on the inside of us, who when he rises up on the inside of us, he can trouble our trouble. But we just need to call upon him. Sometimes the most scriptural prayer that you can pray is, Lord, help! His ears are open to the cry of the righteous. His eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on your behalf. Say it with me, he is there. And so then we need to ask ourselves the question, since we're created in his image and in his likeness, are we there? Are we there? Are we there for our family? Are we there for our employer? Are we there for the local church? Are we there for the Lord when he calls upon us, when he gives us maybe what seems like a $5 assignment, can we be one of God's go-to people? And I believe the answer is yes, yes, and amen. Here I am, Lord. Send me. (coughs) Use me for your glory. Amen. So it's very difficult for me to be faithful to my wife, Brenda, who we've been married 37 years. Amen. We got married. uh, We got married in a fever. No, that wasn't it. We got married shortly after Bible school, uh, back in 1977, and we've been married for 37 years. And we just are enjoying life. And what kind of a husband would I be if I was never there? You can't be faithful and not be there. You know, how many of you would last on the job if you just kind of showed up when you felt like it? Not even calling in. They call you on the phone. You're on the golf course. Hey, wait, I got to get this putt in. I'm working on a birdie. How come you're not here? Well, I just felt like going golfing. It wouldn't be long before you were out of there completely. So you, you can't be faithful and not be there. It's the same with the local church. You can't be faithful and not be there. You know, it's been my observation as a pastor for almost 40 years that there are just too many cruisomatics. They're cruising from one church to another, from pillar to post. Lester Sumrall said this, don't, so don't throw stones at me. Lester Sumrall said this. Some people cruise around so much that if they died, they wouldn't know who to call to do the funeral. 
Now, I didn't say that. Lester did. And Lester's in heaven. Now, the second thing we want to look at, moving right along, what is it about God that makes him faithful? Number two, he cannot and will not ever lie. He's true to his word. He's true to his word. He said, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Because it's settled in heaven, we can count on it. We can rely on it. Let's talk just for a few moments this morning about the integrity of God's word. You know, one of the things that I firmly believe that we all need to pay close attention to is never taking the word of God for granted. How many know that people have died and have given their lives that you and I could feed on the Word of God. I mean, you think about Matthew, Mark, Luke. You think about the Apostle Paul. Even William Tyndale was martyred. They were martyred for the cause of Christ. And how is it that we can be casual observers about the Word? How is it that we can have it in America? Well, I'll take it or leave it attitude about church. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the body of Christ in general. How is it that we can take for granted which cost such a precious price, the blood of Jesus? Let us not do it. Say it with me. God's Word is alive. I want to I read something to you this morning that I think will encourage you. Thirty-five authors put the Word of God together with such varied backgrounds to write on so many subjects over a period, now listen, of 1,500 years, and they did it in absolute harmony. For that to happen, did you know, is a mathematical impossibility. It could not, it could not happen. Then how do you and I Stand and sit in this church today. How do we account for the Bible? There's only one adequate statement that is worthy. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This is a God-breathed, God-inspired, God-speaking-to-man book. It's full of life. It's full of power. It's full of light. And if you get this word off the pages of the Bible in you, you'll be full of life, light, power, love. You will be a man or woman of God. Amen. In 2 Timothy 3.16 verse 17 it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God might be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know what that means? That means the Word of God is infallible. That means that the Word of God is incapable of lying or deceiving or of making a mistake. When you're standing on God's Word, you are standing on His integrity. Because God and His Word are one. You cannot separate God from His Word any more than you can separate wet from water. If you try to separate wet from water, you'll always have the water and it's wet. 
If you, you can't separate God and His Word. God's Word is God speaking to you. It's personal. It's His love letter to you. You could put at the very beginning of Genesis 1, Dear Mark, in the beginning. You could put in John 3.16, Dear Tony, Dear Rachel, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that if Tony would believe, He would be saved. This is a personal book. This is a powerful book. Oh, glory to God. And so we don't want to fall into the trap of being lazy where the Word of God is concerned and not benefiting from it. You see, the Bible says one way that we don't benefit from the Word of God is never getting into it. He said that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Another way that people don't benefit from the Word of God is is they don't mix faith with it. You know, the Scripture says that for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word that was preached unto them did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. So there needs to be a mixture of faith when you hear the word. And then how many of you know that you don't benefit from the word of God simply by hearing it? Now hearing it's a very important thing, but the blessing is in the doing. This man, this woman shall be blessed in their doing. Say this with me, I am a doer. I am a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. And then, of course, if we look at the Bible through eyes of tradition and through eyes of religion, you know, Grandma taught it and we bought it. How many of you know that everything you hear on the radio isn't exactly true? How many think that everything you hear on Christian television isn't exactly true? You've got to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth for yourself. Don't believe it because I said it or Brenda said it or PT said it. Believe it because it witnesses in your spirit and God said it. And when you know that God said it to you, they can't beat it out of you with a baseball bat. Come on, somebody. Line everything that is up. Line everything that is set up with the Word of God. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, forget it. See, the king, everything in the kingdom of God operates and functions through the Word of God. Amen. Anointed by the Spirit of God. Motivated by the love of God. And activated by the faith of God. And so those four things together, you'll have a good guideline to judge and to say, okay, is this right or is that not right? You've got to be able to rightly divide the Word of God for yourself. Amen? And so then, what does God want us to know about His Word? He wants us, number one, to know that His Word is precious. Job said it like this. He said, I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the word of his mouth more than my necessary food. Now I'm looking at a congregation that no doubt a little bit later today is going to have some necessary food. There's nothing wrong with having necessary food. But God says he wants us to treasure our spiritual food more than we do necessary food. Come on, somebody. Jeremiah said, he said, thy words were found and I did eat the word of God and it was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Come on, how many of you have ever gotten happy over a happy meal? (laughs) Not necessarily a happy meal from McDonald's. I had a happy meal last night at my house. I told Brenda, I said, there ain't no food any better in the Bay Area than I had right here, right now. And it's true. 
She's a good southern girl. She's a good southern cook. And she's not only anointed in this pulpit, but she is anointed in the kitchen, I do declare. Oh, thank you. I just felt something up in here. Oh, hallelujah. Shut my mouth. Fried okra. You talk about it. Shandai. Hallelujah. But you know, we get happy around Thanksgiving time. Now, I've been to some places at Thanksgiving, which names will remain anonymous, nobody in here. And I looked at the meal and I thought, is that all you got? But we can get real happy over a good meal. God wants us to be the same way over his meals, over his word. The psalmist said, how sweet are your words to my taste. They're sweeter than honey to my mouth. God's word is precious. And God's word is powerful. Everyone say powerful. powerful. Hebrews chapter 4.12 said that the word of God is alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Listen, God's word is alive. When you get it in you, you will be alive. You cannot be a bummer or depressed or someone difficult to be around if you're in fellowship with Him and in fellowship with His Word. His Word will make you happy. His Word will cause you to rejoice. His Word will lift you. For the Word of God is the glory and the lifter up of your head. God's Word is powerful. And I do want us to look at this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Amplified. How many of you are believing with me today? I believe God's got some great words for us this morning. Let's look at this. Let's read it together. Ready, read. And we also especially thank God continually for this, that when you received the message of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of mere men, but as it truly is the word of God, which is effectually at work in you that believe, exercising its superhuman power in those who adhere to and trust in and rely on it. Let's leave that up there. That's power-packed. So number one, we must welcome the Word. When we do welcome the Word, it becomes effective in our lives, and then its superhuman power takes over. You know, we've got superhuman power for regular human needs. We've got supernatural, superhuman power for our daily human walk. Thank God. And it is directly connected to welcoming the Word. God's Word must be welcomed, and when it is welcomed, it then begins to be activated in our lives. And he said, I'm going to watch over my Word. And I'm going to watch over the Word that you have in your heart and that you say with your mouth, and that you act upon, and I'm going to watch over my word that you are living, and I am going to perform it on your behalf. In other words, I am faithful, and I will do it. I will bring to pass that which you return to me. That is so powerful. Say it with me. He's watching over his word. And he's performing it for me today. How many of you know there's healing in God's word? The word says he sent his word and healed us and delivered us 
from our destruction. Now I want you to look at this. Luke one thirty seven in the Amplified Version. So God's Word is precious. God's Word is powerful. God's Word is true. God's Word is alive. In Luke one thirty seven, he says this. For with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from Him shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Do you believe that? I believe it. Say it with me. Everything He said to me shall come to pass. It shall all come to pass. Everything His Word promised me, it'll come to pass in my life. Now, we could go on and on and on today about what the Word of God is to us. For example, the Word of God is permanent. The Word of God is personal. The Word of God is unto us a fire and a hammer. I love that scripture in Jeremiah where he says, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Woo, glory. Listen, you get the fire of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, and the fire of God's word on the inside of you, and you begin to speak it out, it'll move any mountain standing in your way. Look at your neighbor and say, it'll move any mountain standing in my way. The word of God is seed, is it not? Also, the word of God is a lamp. Look at Psalm 119, verse 105. Psalm 119, verse 105. Beautiful verse of scripture. He said, your word is a lamp unto my feet, and it is what? It's a light into my path. Now, if you look at that in the Hebrew, what this literally means is this. Is you are on a life journey. And in life's journey, there are many ways that you can go. And my word will be a light to you, so that every step you take will be sure, steadfast, and secure. My word will keep you from falling. My word will keep you from failing. And I will make your feet like hind's feet. Now, there's something about a hind when a hind jumps upon a mountain. There's something about their feet that are sure and secure, and that when they jump, it makes them stick. And what God is saying, my word is a light, my word is a lamp to your path. It is sure, it's secure, and it will cause you to stay stable, and you will be able to stick, and you will not fall. All hell may break loose on your life, but you will stand immovable, unshakable. On God's Word. God's Word is honey. God's Word is milk. God's Word is bread. God's Word is a sword. Oh, thank God. You know that sword is a sharp two-edged sword? You ever thought about that for a minute? Why is it a sharp two-edged sword? Well, one side's for the devil, the other side's for you. You ever thought about that? Have you ever been in the Word? And you saw something in the Word that you weren't acting upon, and it just kind of cut you? It didn't cut you to hurt you. It cut you to make you aware this is an adjustment that you need to make. How many of you know that the Lord's chastisements are never to bring you down? The Lord's chastisements are always to bring you up. And you know, no chastisement seems to be joyful for the present time. But afterward... If you act upon it, it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. It'll yield fruit in your life. Amen? So don't stray away and don't shy away when you get into the Word of God and you see something that is amplified to you by the Holy Spirit. It's never to condemn you. 
it may be to convict you and it may be to bring you and draw you closer to Christ. I know that's happened in my life many, many times. I'm talking about in our individual life, in our individual study with the Lord. The Lord shows us something that He wants us to come up in. Amen? I believe the Lord's bringing us all up. Amen. We're moving on up. Not to the east side either. We're moving up. We're going from glory to glory. Keep smiling because the word's about to get a little bit more serious here in a minute. Our minds are renewed by the word. We're built up by the word. He says, I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Now, I've said all that to sort of get you built up. Now, I don't want to bum you out, but I do have a word for you today. And it's an important word. And I believe that it's a word that if it is received, it can help you. If, a, if it's a word that's not received, you know, that's between you and God. It, it's okay. I love you. You're not here to please me anyway, are you? You're here to please God. Now, let's look at Numbers 23, 19. Our, our second point on faithful and true is looking at him. He's not a man that he should lie. How many of you know you can't be faithful and be a liar? Is that right? I can't be a faithful husband and say, okay, honey, you know, we've got $1,000 left in the checking account, and I just went and spent $1,000 on a ticket to the World Series. No, I didn't do that. But if I'm lying to my wife, I can't be a faithful husband. Aren't you glad that God's not a man that he should lie? Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I'm not a man. Well, you are in a sense a God-man. You are a man of God. You are made in His image and in His likeness. And as you grow in the grace of God, believers should not be lying. You know, there's more lies told out in the foyer than Carter's got pills. Oh, you just look wonderful today. The hair looks like last year's bird's nest. I just said that to get your attention. So God backs up his words with actions. We could say it this way. He is a doer of his word. And so we talk then about the integrity of God's word. But what about the integrity of our word? Look at Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 6. You're believing with me, right? Let's believe God together. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 6. It says here, Now most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. But now a faithful man... But where on earth can you find one? Another translation says, everyone talks about how loyal and faithful he is. But just try to find him on a Saturday morning when we're cleaning up the church. Oh, that's not in there. I'm sorry. Oops, I missed it there. 
Everyone talks about how loyal and faithful he is, but just try to find someone who really is. Still another translation says this. Many people will say that they are loyal, but who can find a reliable person? What I'm saying to you today and I'm encouraging you in is this. Be a man or a woman of integrity. And if you are a man or a woman of integrity, you're a man or a woman of God. And if you are a man or a woman of God and you give your word, you must keep your word. That's all I'm saying. When we give our word, let's do our word. Stay with what you say. Stay with what you say. If you tell a friend, we're going to go out and have dinner, and I'll meet you there at 6 p.m., and you show up at 7, you lied about it. Now, I know sometimes things come up. And sometimes we have every intention of making an appointment and keeping our word. But if something does come up, we must have the integrity to pick up the phone or turn the iPhone on and make the call and say, I'm sorry, I'm going to be late. Rather than keeping that person lurking for an hour, wondering where in the world you are. Amen. Now, whatever you sow now is what you're going to reap. If you give your word and you don't keep your word, what you sow is what you will reap. It is a law. Somebody says, where is that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Galatians 6, 7. Whatsoever a man soweth, that is what he shall reap. A man's harvest in life will depend entirely upon what he reaps. And we love it when we're talking about prosperity. We love it when we're talking about money. We love it when we're talking about increase. Oh, yeah, I'm going to increase. But it gets mighty quiet in this first church when you talk about being a doer of your word. Integrity. Integrity. Stay with what you say. Everybody likes to think, you know what, I'm faithful. But I have a question for you today. Is faithfulness a widespread characteristic in the body of Christ? Having been in a pulpit almost 40 years, I will tell you beyond any shadow of a doubt, Faithfulness is extremely rare. Very rare. Now, we have a core of faithful people, and I'm looking at all of you today, and I'm calling you faithful. So don't get under condemnation, but start calling yourself faithful. You know, it's unreasonable for you to think, or for me to think, that if I haven't kept my word... It's unreasonable for me to think, and for you to think, just because I show up for church a couple times a month, that I'm going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because that's a deception. Oh, you're going to be loved? Yes, you're going to make it. But how many of you know, 
that there's some more that God's got for you to do once you go to heaven. I declare by the word of the Lord, what you do down here will position you for what he will have you rule over there. I think we better move on. I don't know. Now, the good news is this, is we're not there yet. And we can make some adjustments. According to the Bible, faithfulness is extremely rare. And it's not for me to judge you. It's not for me to judge my brother and my sister. It's not for you to judge me. But what God tells us to do is we're to judge ourselves. And make up our minds. That you know what? I'm getting a little older now. I'm not a baby Christian anymore. I'm going to grow up. If I say that I'm going to serve on this platform, or in a nursery, or as an usher, and if something comes up and I can't make it, I'm at least going to pick the phone up. And I'm going to say, look, I intended to be there, but something come up, came up and I can't make it. Now here's the problem in the local churches. Now listen, if you... Uh, if you interviewed Napoleon Coffin, how many of you know who Napoleon is? Great running back for the Oakland Raiders and a great pastor in Livermore. And if you interviewed Dick Burnell, how many of you know who Dr. Dick Burnell is? Jubilee Christian Center. And if you inter- interview Gary over at Faith Fellowship, and you interview others, Saddleback, Rick Warren, it doesn't matter who it is, they will tell you that faithfulness is very rare. And they will also tell you that it's 80, 20% of the people that are doing 80% of the work. It's the 80-20 principle. I had a lady. I didn't even know she was a Christian. She was digging on my teeth, asking me all sorts of questions. You ever tried to do that? Well, tell me about your trip. Well, <laughs> But this lady, sweet little lady, Japanese lady, goes to a huge church in Fremont saying the same thing that I said. And I didn't bring the subject up. She says it's rampant. That 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. Now here's what happens in a local church when that happens. It's kind of like, sort of like God needs some go-to people in the church. He needs some people that he can go to. Just like Bruce Bochy of the San Francisco Giants needed a go-to person after Ryan Vogelsong had that tough inning. Right? And so he had somebody that was waiting for him to come in, to come in and to pitch and to get him out of that ditch that they were in. And then they have certain people that they save for the seventh, the eighth, and the ninth inning. But because sometimes a game goes so wrong and people aren't showing up like they should show up and performing like they should perform, here's what happens. They've got to go to the seventh inning guy sometimes in the third inning. They've got to go to the eighth inning guy sometimes in the fourth inning. They've got to go to their closer in the fifth inning. And their arms are so burnt out the next night that they can't even pitch. And this is what happens in the local church. 
When you've got 20% of the people doing 80% of the work, you've got some people with some sore arms. You've got some people with some sore wings. And they're faithful, but some of them are charred. They're burnt. And I, as the manager, my name's not Bruce Bochy, but I am encouraging more of you to get on board. I'm encouraging you that are already serving. By the grace of God, you need to be in church more. But for them to be in church more, yeah, they're in church serving, but for them to be in church more and get fed like they're... You're getting fed right now? We need more people to get on board. Come on, somebody. I don't know that I'm articulating it the way that I'm sensing it in my spirit, but you understand what I'm saying. So it's not for me to judge you. Not for you to judge me. But it is for us to judge ourselves. And make up our minds. I'm going to be one of those rare ones. I'm going to be faithful. Listen, whether it be here at Napoleon Church, Faith Fellowship, Jubilee, that's immaterial. And it needs to be somewhere where you are there bringing your supply of prayer, bringing your supply of service. And I know I'm preaching a little tough today. But let me tell you something. This series is over today. You might want to be happy about that. I don't know. You were thinking about getting the CD and say, I think I'll let this one go. When's that other CD coming? But I'm telling you what, as a pastor of this church, I am responsible to tell you the truth. I don't want you coming to me up into heaven and saying, Pastor, why didn't you tell me? So I'm telling you now, you want to be faithful. You want to be loyal. There's rewards. Laid out for you. And I'm not done yet. (laughs) Lastly, what is it about our Father that makes Him faithful? Well, number one, do you remember what number one is? He's what? He's always there. Number two, He does not. Here's number three. He is... Always the same. He does not change. He said in Malachi 3.6, he said, I am the Lord, I do not change. He said in James 1.17, every good gift, every perfect gift is from the government, cometh down from the Father of life, with whom is no variable, in the shadow of turning. Amen. <laughs> See, I've got to be faithful to deliver this word in an accurate manner and in a timely manner. Otherwise, some of you will check out. Mrs. Thomas did not raise any ignoramuses. (laughs) Say it with me. He does not change. change. Now what does this mean? That means he's steady, he's reliable, he's consistent. So then, if I am faithful, and if you are faithful, you will be reliable. You will be consistent, and you will be steady. The last scripture we want to look at in a moment is, is uh, Proverbs 25, verse 19. I'll quote it for you, then we'll look at another one. It says that confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint, meaning that that person is just not dependable. You cannot count on an unfaithful man. 
He is faithful all the time. He is the head. We are his body. The body should be as faithful as the head is. The head should be able to depend on every part of his body. I believe this, that believers ought to be the best employers in the world. But did you know that there's an epidemic in the body of Christ right now of people starting stuff and stopping? See, Jesus is the author and the finisher. I didn't, he didn't just come to earth and start his ministry. He finished his ministry. There's an epidemic of people joining and quitting. You hear things like, well, God sent me. I'm with you all the way. A year later, they're gone. Did God change? No. People change. And sometimes God does direct people out. Don't, don't misunderstand me. And nothing bad's going to happen to you if you go join another church. Freely we have received you and freely we'll give. Amen. This is not a cult. But you know that there are some pastors that will tell you something evil is going to happen to you if you ever leave our church. You know what they're really worried about? They're really worried about the tithe. Because they got their eyes on you and not on God. And I didn't say anybody's name, so just relax. Now I realize that a pastor in his first year coming into a church like this couldn't preach a message like this. But God has enabled me and graced me to deliver this word in love to you. Because I love you. And God loves you. No, God didn't change. But people change. Faithful men and faithful women keep their commitments. Look at Psalms 15, verse 4. Psalms 15 and verse 4. Let's read this together. Ready, read. In whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he that honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt. That's being a person of your word. Now, man, I know you don't always feel like showing up. I can't tell you probably in the hundreds of times that I've gotten behind this pulpit and I have not felt like it. But because I was committed and because of God's grace, I'm here. I'm here. Pablo Sandoval last night had the flu. But he was there. And what did he do? He ran in two runs to win the game. Michael Jordan, in one NBA championship series game, Michael Jordan, literally, after the game, was like this. Scottie Pippen was holding him up. He had a severe case of the flu, but took the Chicago Bulls on his shoulder and led him to a glorious victory. So let me tell you something. There's going to be times where it's just easier to stay home. It, it, it is. It's easier just to, 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 
Put your feet up and say, I know I said I was going to do this, but I'm tired. Listen, I have found this and discovered this, that if you'll just take a step of faith, if you'll just put one foot in front of the other, God will meet you there. And on that road, God will strengthen you there. And on that road, another step, God will anoint you there. And it won't be long before you're shouting the victory and you're feeling energized and you're feeling good and you're right where God wants you to be, serving Him for the glory of God. My Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So all I'm saying is this, is faithful men and faithful women, they keep their commitments. They don't change. Well, Pastor Mark, maybe the Lord changed. Listen, if it was the Lord last week, it'll be the Lord next week. Well, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And then two months later, they're over there. And then they're over there. Well, you know, the, Lord, the Lord's not confused. He's not the author of confusion. But He's the author of peace. Now, I've got my wires crossed up before many times. How many of you have? You know, where you, you sense maybe the Lord was saying this, and as it turned out, it wasn't so. You know, be man enough or woman enough before God to say, Lord, forgive me. I got my wires crossed. But by your grace, I'm going to make the adjustments. And as you make the adjustments, do your very best to be just like him. He's faithful and true. And you can be faithful and true and be just like Him. And when the end is at hand, you'll hear, well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord thy God. Did you get anything out of this today? Let's all stand to our feet. Let's give Him praise. Father, we thank You. Hallelujah. Glory to God.